Welcome to the Best Ever You Show with your host, Elizabeth Hamilton Garino, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network, helping you live your life to the fullest. How? Real people, including celebrities, real advice, real places, products, and businesses, real life stories. It's all right here for you with this radio show, printed magazine, websites, community, and more. Remember to visit us online, too, at besteveryou.com. And now here's your host, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network, Elizabeth Hamilton Garino. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the Best Ever You show. Hopefully we have good audio. I'm going to give our guest, Kyle Dine, an opportunity to um, retape this show if he's not happy with the way that the audio turns out because we're phone line to phone line, I think, and um, I couldn't get my radio show to connect up to the microphone and things like that. So if you're hearing some sketchy audio, um, maybe tweet me at Best Ever You or tweet Kyle at Kyle Dine, and um, we'll, we're going to go with this now because we're live and everything, but Kyle, <laughs> welcome to the radio show. Welcome to live radio. <laughs> Isn't it fun? <laughs> How are you? Staying safe Absolutely. and well? <laughs> Hi, Elizabeth. Yes, I'm doing really well. How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm good. Um, just, you know, it's it's hard when you get kind of uh, interesting audio, but hopefully this will be okay. And like I said, if it's not at the end of this, we can do a second show or go over to Zoom and do our video like we were going to do on a different day because I don't know about you, but I'm in gardening clothes. It finally stopped raining and we're outside doing rock and mud and weeding. And <laughs> it's, it's, it's a break from being in the house. How about you? Yep. Uh, exact same. I was planting peas and lettuce today, so I'm usually not Perfect. one to have much of a green thumb, but this year things are a little bit different and uh, learning some new new tricks. That's awesome. Yeah, we we love planting flowers and all that stuff. Our, uh, and um, our garden, we have a our, one of our sons has a grove of Japanese maple trees. We've got about 150 trees uh, out back, so it, it's a nice it's a nice break, a mindset break for sure. Um, and, you know, I, I, I love being able to chat with you. We'll shift um, our topic from gardening to food allergies now. <laughs> but um, it, it's nice to, to have you uh, with us as a lot of us are navigating food allergies, including myself. I've had food allergies, uh, life-threatening food allergies, anaphylaxis for over 24 years to peanuts, tree nuts, fish, and shellfish that developed after a pregnancy. And um, so it's really cool to have somebody uh, here like you um, who, who knows the drill with food allergies. And I want to make sure I give um, your websites, kyledine.com. It's K-Y-L-E-D-I-N-E.com. And then this one is, this one's really interesting. And maybe in a different environment where we're all traveling around, this is so incredibly useful, but maybe even now as we're all talking to each other online, but allergy yeah. translation dot com is is very cool too so um i'd love to since this is the first time on the show i would love if we could kind of tell people like who you are why you do what you do and um, the impact you have around the world we'll start there sure. with that sounds Go good <laughs> well uh, do you want me to, to give the story i was born on a tuesday and go from there perfect <laughs> well yep so, you know, it doesn't go that much further than that, actually, because I was about two two months old uh, when I developed my severe allergies. And we we're almost allergy twins because uh, I have allergies to peanuts, tree nuts, fish, shellfish, but also egg and mustard. 
uh, and I've had uh, multiple allergies all my life. And this is back in the 80s when I when I grew up with them and had a really tough time um, just managing. And it was a time when allergies were not so commonplace. I was the only kid in my school with allergies. And um, yeah, it was definitely a, a tough road at times where, you know, I endured teasing and uh, all of that stuff. And really all it made me want to do is hide my allergies completely. So, you know, my medicine, I, I really didn't want to be seen with it. And I took a lot of unnecessary risks. And as I grew up and became a teenager, uh, those risks became even more pronounced and I was even more cavalier with this life-threatening condition that I wanted nothing to do with. And um, it, uh, it all kind of stopped in, when I was in college where I had a life-threatening reaction on Christmas Day. And it, um, it spun my world completely around, knocked me upside down. Um, Someone that I knew gave me a food and um, I didn't ask enough questions about it. Um, they forgot about one of my allergens and I did not inquire enough. And it turned out it was um, a brownie square that had cashew nuts in it. And on, almost wow. immediately, I was, I was unable to breathe. And, um, you know, I was 21 years old and I remember that moment like yesterday, just how scary that, that was. And uh, I don't like to relive it much, but I kind of went from that moment on realizing I don't ever want to have that experience again. And I kind of took stock. How did I actually get to that point where that was, you know, so bad so quickly? And I wasn't taking my allergy seriously. I wasn't educated enough. And I decided to up-level myself. And in that process, I, I realized there's a lot of work that could be done to help other people realize how severe this is and to take their own allergies seriously. And that just led me down that path. Yeah, that is, um, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I'm stunned. Actually, I'm at a loss for words because we really are like complete allergy twins. Um, and I, it was hard not to interrupt and go, me also, me, also, you know, the whole thing. Yeah, um, I bet. and I, I, it's, it's actually really interesting to, to hear that because, um, that's that's a lot of what people do is um, even as I've like I don't even know where to go with this I'm just gonna so one I'm just gonna share something about myself and we can kind of go from there um, yeah. talking because it all goes together um, one of my most life threatening allergic reactions was when I didn't know I was allergic to walnuts and I went back home from California to Minnesota walked into my mom's house she's like oh I made cookies. I took a cookie not even thinking about it because I've eaten them my whole life to that point. I was six months pregnant with our son, Cameron, and went into anaphylactic shock, you know, ambulance ride stuff, trying to save me, trying to save baby, the whole bit. And um, we were in the hospital in Minnesota for like a week or more um, trying to keep us both alive. And it's so serious. Oh, yeah. And um, that's in my Hay House book, Percolate, Let Your Best Self Filter Through, some of my food allergy stories. So um, I, what I wanted to chime in with, isn't the world of everybody knowing about food allergies so much different than it was like 15 or 20 or 25 years ago? It's so much different. I remember when I first got diagnosed with food allergies, my dad was like, we have to take you to the Mayo Clinic. I think you have epilepsy or something, some type of seizure disorder. No one knew what it was at no. all. Did you no. have that? No. 
Yeah, you know, in the 80s, the early 90s, awareness, overall awareness was, you know, in, even within your own family was low. And, and it's yeah. not because um, our parents or our family didn't, uh, you know, weren't smart or anything. It was because that was the information they were getting. You know, there was no nonprofit groups that were telling them what's the right information. Doctors weren't always giving the right information. Um, and, you know, when you grow up with an attitude of you get big swollen lips and you have trouble breathing, walk it off. Um, you know, it, it kind of skews your your own management practices. So I hear you 100%. And, you know, for, for me, that, that reaction I had at 21, it was the wake-up call so much so because of all of the things I did wrong that day. Like, not only did I not double-check about the ingredients, I had my epinephrine. It was an EpiPen, not with me. Um, but instead, I'm, I was in Canada in Christmas Day. It's freezing. It's snowing outside. And I had it locked up in the car in the glove compartment, oh, no. it, the last place it should be. And not only that, when someone did finally find it, we couldn't even locate it. Um, but finally, someone checked there. We found one. It wasn't frozen solid, luckily. And it was three years expired. And that EpiPen, three years expired, frozen in a glove box, saved my life. And that was the moment, you know, when I tried to do my debrief after that of like, I'm just lucky. I'm absolutely just lucky to be here. And so after that moment, I, there's been a part of me of feeling that I'm on some borrowed time here. And all I can do is help people not be as silly as I was back then and to, you know, take really easy and manageable steps to just being safe. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in my case, um, I was dealing with, I don't know if you've ever had this happen, but um, I would I, I would lose weight for a modeling assignment or a TV commercial or whatever it was going to be, and I would say I can't eat that, and people would be like, "It's all in your head. You have a food disorder." And I'm like, "No, I'm actually allergic to that. I can no longer eat. Something in my body has changed, system chemistry, whatever it is. But I'm not eating that. Oh, you're ridiculous. You know that thought with that kind of deal all the time with people you know oh you can go out to eat just try it it shouldn't have that in it you'll be okay i've checked everything you know all the things that have said been said to me in my life and i'm to the point probably very similar to where you are where if i don't know what's in it exactly it is not going in my i'm not ingesting it (laughs) are you like that yeah when in doubt do without (laughs) 100 percent um I have a very interesting relationship with food in that it's, it is just purely nutrition for me. Um, And I don't, I'm not a foodie. I'm the the last person to call themselves a foodie um, because it, it, it is just that. And I've, I've dealt with a lot of ignorance in my life with people that, um, that think I'm, you know, blowing things out of proportion, but um, usually they come from a place where they just weren't educated. They didn't receive the right, uh, education on food allergy and you know this is a relatively n- new and growing condition and you know there's not a lot of stuff out there to properly educate especially kids you know ground up for them to learn the right way early on and that that's kind of really why I chose the avenue I went uh, after my reaction is to, to start educating kids directly Hope, hopefully have a brighter future for, for other allergic kids moving forward. Yeah, I, I'm with you on the whole I'm not a foodie thing. I try, I would love to be. I mean, I, I that'd be so much fun. And there's nothing more fun than going out for dinner or traveling someplace new and going out for dinner and all these things. And unfortunately, 
I am restricted. I can I can even feel it um, navigating like through um, our jobs and and going out for yeah. w- work dinners or Christmas parties or um, conferences with buffet lunches or you know on and on and on. It's it's a really interesting world navigating food um, and really the allergies. Is. What'd you say? And and I think I, it really is. And I think one of the the most interesting parts that people without food allergies probably wouldn't even um, grasp at times is it's not just about avoiding food. Like that seems pretty black and white where, you know, just avoid it. That's one thing. But when you throw in things like that, as you mentioned, a business dinner uh, conference, you all all of a sudden have all of these psychosocial elements where you just want to fit in. You don't, you know, you're trying to have a, a successful closing of a deal or meeting. And then you're the one that has to like call over the waiter or the waitress and, you know, you don't want to make that fuss. You don't want to make it about you. And you have all these pressures on you that make you take these little risks that you know you shouldn't be doing. Um, and it's just tough. You know, at the end of the day, it's it's tough to avoid a food because it's more than just avoidance. Yeah. And I'm and no one. So I'm in a house with I have four children. None of them have food allergies. They're 18, 20, 22 and 24. And then my husband. And so they're navigating around me, keeping me safe. And um, at yeah. some point, I'm going to have them them write an article, you know, like keeping mom alive or whatever it is, um, because they go to amazing lengths to keep keep us, you know, nut free in here. And um, yeah. you know, I would say, you know, the lobster and shrimp. It's it's easier to avoid. Um, I feel for you with the egg one, though. Oh, that is tough. It, that's a, that's a difficult al- allergy to navigate. Egg and milk, milk too. Yeah. I don't have milk, but egg allergy is probably, if you're looking for a good diet out there, the egg allergy, <laughs> you know, every des- every dessert, it seems, uh, every good breakfast that's out there has egg in it. So, um, yeah. you know, for me, I'm a very basic eater, and I don't like, you know, um, anything creamy because there's always that risk of, of egg being yeah. inside. So I'm a very meat and potatoes type of guy. But, you know, I've yeah, learned to live with I it. I am too and, meat. Uh, I'm always safe yeah. with a steak, potato, and green beans, always. Oh yeah, of course, and you you learn to really appreciate those things. <laughs> yeah, or fajitas. I'm pretty safe with chicken, peppers, onions. You know that kind of thing. So yeah. we could probably write a cookbook yeah. between us. That might be a good idea, actually. Um, hey. Tell us, yeah, wouldn't it? Um, how how old are you? How and how long have you been navigating food allergies? Well, I am 36 years old, and um, yeah, I've been navigating ever since I was about two months old. So, you know, for for me, I, I took it on myself as a teenager, really, out of my parents' hand. Uh, and then after when I was had that severe reaction at 21, uh, that's that's really when I took full ownership of my of my own health condition and and wanted to be better than I ever have been before. And I, you know, my parents brought me to a point. And then I realized, like, I need to kind of backtrack now, get myself up leveled and even educate my parents because you have all of these precautionary labels like may contain peanuts. And we didn't really understand what that meant. We thought this was just kind of a liability thing. But there's there's a lot of studies on those that show the actual risk of these type of products. So for me, it, it was just taking stock of my journey. And then how where do I go from here to just not have severe life threatening reactions anymore? We've got too much to yeah. live for. May contain means does to me. I, I avoid it too. Uh, M&Ms, you know, things like that. I just wish, just say whether it does or doesn't. And yeah, <laughs> that'd be really well, helpful. It, does or doesn't. And yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
it's um, you know, it's a bit of marketing in that um, whatever, whether it's there was a study done, whether it was made contained, made on a, the same production line, made in the same facility, whatever way you want to, to word it, it all had nearly the same amount of risk um, for the products that they actually tested. And it was, I think in this one particular study, it was about 7% of the products had enough traces of peanuts specifically that could elicit an anaphylactic reaction. So if you think about 100 products that you eat, and you know, let's say may contain or some wording, and seven of those could send you to the hospital. Is it really worth it? Yeah, no, no, it's not. Um, I agree with you. So tell tell us what you've been doing because you made one of those classic um, moves of unfortunately not having your epinephrine on them uh, um, on you, and that is something that we as um, people who, you know, maybe even older people are constantly feel like we're preaching to kids, carry your epinephrine, carry your epinephrine, especially boys, because yeah. there's really no place to carry an EpiPen on you really easily unless it's like in your sock or, you know, a suit pocket. Like sometimes my husband will carry my epinephrine in his suit pocket, um, suit jacket. Um, but, you know, even like my co-founder of foodallergyzone.com, his son actually passed away um, from eating peanut flour in pudding at a buffet. And so it's mm. really super serious. The epi needs to be with you. Um, what are, You are doing all these amazing things to help raise food allergy awareness. Um, where, which one do you want to start with? Because there's, there's multiple things that you do, and I probably need about five shows to completely catch up with your life. But, you know, as a good overview um, the, sure. you know, the, you go for it. Yeah. You tell us what you want us to, to know about you first. Sure. Well, I think there's, there's three main things, uh, well, maybe four, I have food allergies, but the, the three main things that, um, I do, I've been working, um, with food allergy Canada nearly, uh, one year after I had that reaction, um, I got connected with them and I've been working with them ever since, um, in, in some type of role or form. So, for me, that's been very valuable to just be a part of an organization where you get credible information. I'm in tune to research, and I've worked with some incredible allergists from around the world through that. So um, that that's a part of me, uh, that's for sure. And I've, I've created some some programs for them, for children, for youth, and I continue to do that. So that's really important to me. But it's um, my my passion projects that I do above and beyond that. Um, I would love to speak to because one one I've been doing ever since then as well, and that is uh, just <laughs> taking my skill set. And that's the thing about the allergy community. They all want to help. They all have this knowledge and passion to help other people. And you kind of use what you've got, you know, whether you've, you're a lawyer, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're an actress, uh, you take your skills and you kind of mash them together and you help any way you can. And for me, I was a musician. I was in bands and um I, I took I took my allergies and I started writing songs about them um, and, and doing these little songs that at a camp I was working at with kids that um, there's a lot with allergies there. And we, we just started making these songs up. And this is back in the, the days of MySpace. And after the summer, I started recording a couple of demos and I put them on my MySpace account. And, you know, food allergy community, they just started rallying behind this. And they said, you know, these songs this is so educational. You're like my kid is actually empowered and wants to carry his epinephrine and all of this. You need to record this uh, in a studio. So 
it was really just by chance. And, and one thing led to another. I went into the studio, I recorded a whole CD um, and it that came out and it, it sold and got out there and helped people. And, and that really started um, another thought. Well, it's one, one way to help people through music on a CD that they can listen to, but I have a, an opportunity to, to do even more and do face-to-face. So my mom was a principal of an elementary school and she really um, pushed me to, to do a workshop in her school where I just, you know, did, did some songs, taught kids about uh, anaphylaxis and word got out very quickly about this. And I did a full, full school assembly at her school uh, and then all of her friends schools. And all of a sudden my hometown, I, I conquered all of the elementary schools doing school-wide assemblies, educating about food allergies through music I added puppets into the mix and games and trivia. And long story short, it started just like that very organically. And I've now been to over 900 schools across North America, uh, educating kids about food allergy through assemblies. Wow. That's amazing. Absolutely amazing. (laughs) I love it. And saving lives. I mean, it's just not educating. I mean, the lives you touch, that's gotta be just um, amazing help. And, and in a number of ways, from feeling like you're, you know, I'm, I'm, I showed a book from a child's standpoint about food allergies and like going into a classroom and talking about food allergies with parents' approval and things like that. But, you know, it, it's a little bit based on even me as an adult where you're completely bullied. And and to have somebody like you come in and, and talk about food allergies or sing about food allergies or all of it, it must make the kids feel um, so much less alone. And so much better. That's it. You know, they they feel like rock stars that day when when I come totally. because um, my, I get it. I've been in their shoes, and I I did not want to be embarrassed because of my food allergies, and that's not what I do. I normalize it. I make this something that I try to flip right around. Uh, in that we all know somebody with a food allergy. Let me you know show me how much you know. You guys show me how much you're the expert today. And the kids with food allergies, they're obviously like the pros. They know everything. But then the kids without food allergies, it's so interesting to see them engage because they've just never had that opportunity before to learn about allergies in an, you know, an age-appropriate way. So you know, their hands are up. They know somebody, their dad, their friend, their cousin. Uh, they all have something to say. So it gives them a chance to have a voice. It gives them a chance to learn the correct things, maybe bust some of the myths they've heard. Um, But at the end of the day, it's just trying to grow empathy, support, and understanding um, at that level for kids. Yeah, yeah, Uh, uh, just complete awareness. And I, you know, I I wrote a, a, you know, I guess I I completely agree with you also in that you're saying that, you know, we bring whatever talent we have into the food allergy community pool, and we use that to kind of help raise awareness. And so for you, it's you know, you're, you're very musically inclined for me. I'm, I'm writing and websites and making books and, you know, things like that. So, um, that, that's really good wisdom right there. Cause that really sums up what everybody is really trying to do in any way they can, um, help and save lives. And, and, um, it's, it's not about me. It's about we, I always say that I might yes. have written a book and put my food allergy story in percolate, but that's, it, I'm not intending that to necessarily be like, oh, this is about me and woe is me, but rather to show people, um, I have always felt like, yep, it, we have all these children with food allergies, but we also hopefully have all these adults <laughs> with food allergies as well, and that's going to re- 
present a whole new set of circumstances to these children as they age with college, with workplace, with flying, with dating, with marriage, with, you know, there's a whole 20 other things that come up aside from is your epi in the classroom or in the school office and who's going to administer that and are the treats nut free. And I'm not downplaying that at all, but there's, there's just so many issues um, in all the different age groups um, that go with food allergies. It's way more than just kids with food allergies. It's huge. Oh, 100%. Do you, do you, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I think, you know, we have, we have more powers and numbers than we've ever had before, which is unfortunate. But with that, you know, there's a lot of trailblazing going on as, you know, allergic uh, kids grow up and go, go through college and, and get into the workplace. Um, there's a lot more uh, safe options. Uh, throughout all of these stages and normalcy around it where, you know, when I first started a job for me to actually tell the HR department I have food allergies wouldn't, you know, that seems that would have been very strange. But now um, that that can be a very common onboarding procedure where they have policies already in place for lunchroom uh, procedures. They just need to know, like, where do you keep your anaphylaxis emergency plan? So, you know, we've come a long way and um, it's, it's because people, um, you know, they realize that I'm in an unsafe situation at this stage in life and more can be done. No, it's, it's, that's a great way of putting it as well. And so I'm going to guess that at some point you traveled somewhere and needed something better in a foreign language. You guessed it. So um, <laughs> I was, <laughs> yep. I was uh, on a patio uh, in a European cafe when uh, another very severe reaction happened and it was all because of just uh, the communication barrier. And uh, for me to get my allergies across in a foreign language, I was trying my best and it wasn't good enough. And I don't know if, if they had any idea what I was talking about. So, um, yeah, I decided to, uh, to start a company called Allergy Translation. And it's available at allergytranslation.com where people can go on. They can choose a language of a place they're, they're traveling to select their food allergies and get a customized professional translation card that they can then use at a restaurant abroad. So it's a, it's a very novel tool. And usually the first question I get is why would I just do this on Google translate? And um, you know, for, for me, this is a bit of a boutique service where I, I, for me, it is such a, a passion project that these translations are accurate that this is a tool that will provide peace of mind to people that might have not booked the trip altogether. Um, so I, for me, it's all about uh, accuracy. It's all about um, getting professional translations, not automated uh, computer translations. And it's, uh, the research has gone into it to make sure the cards are all laid out in a way that's uh, suitable for the food service industry in the way that they would actually uh, need, to, need to read it and absorb that information. It, it, it's awesome. I've I've been I've looked at places to go and things like that. And, and the, no kidding, this one resort and I won't name the name or anything. It has a. I was like, okay, will I live through this experience or not? Based on you know what kind of food they have and everything, they have huge warnings across the whole resort thing and say you know basically to the effect of don't bother coming here if you have food allergies. It's all mixed up and we're not going to deal with you. You know kind of thing. And it's like oh my gosh. And so we're still navigating 
these these worlds for sure. And um, it's it's interesting though, isn't it? There's like these blanket, almost like lawyerly statements that come into play that are like, we don't want to deal with you because you're a liability. And it's their loss, to be honest with you, because this is this is a growing community, and it's not just food allergy. You know, when you look at dietary restrictions, you're talking about food allergy, intolerances, celiac disease, and then you stretch that out further to specialized diets, whether it's vegan, vegetarian, uh, religion-based diets, halal, kosher. You know, if you don't want to cater to people that have not normal-ish requests, then you are losing a massive market. And, you know, the, the places I think as we go forward that cater to those with all dietary restrictions will be rewarded. Um, and in a, you know, the business sense, uh, if you want more revenue, uh, this, this is an incredible loyal group of people. When you do a good job and um, it's a safe uh, meal, they will come back and back and back. I guarantee that. So, um, yeah, it's yeah. Their, their loss. Yeah, I always tweet out, you know, thank you, blah, 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 for helping me dine out tonight on our 20th anniversary or whatever it is. Because I'm older than you. I'm I'm almost 51, and we've been married for 20-some years and, um, you know, navigated this for a really long time and, you know, been resuscitated a couple times from it, um, one to uh, both times to things that I didn't know that I was allergic to at the time, and I thought it was just peanuts. And so for me it was a – uh, uh, almond reaction out of the blue and then a walnut one and then I was like oh I guess I'm allergic to tree nuts too um, the, uh, yeah and the shellfish one did you say you were allergic to shellfish yeah yes um, I with that particular allergy um, just having been in the hospital once or twice I am allergic to x-ray dye so iodine dye know that I don't know if that helps you or not, a little off topic here, but um, be really careful if you're ever in, a, in an emergency situation or any kind of testing situation with iodine. Um, they prep you with betadine. That's kind of the same, that's what I'm talking about. They had an iodine, yeah, just, yeah. To, just so you know. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of cross um, things. Sometimes it's not just food. But it can be, again, you're, you're probably not in this room, but like cosmetics or, um, or products that we use, soaps, almonds, you know, all those things. But also in the medical um, realm, iodine dye for me is deadly. Um, had, had, uh, was in a, I was in a car accident and they said, honey, are you allergic to shrimp? And I'm like, not that I know of. And they injected me with iodine dye and I coated in the machine. Um, like all hands on deck, let's keep her alive kind of thing to iodine dye, so x-ray dye. Did you know that? Wow. Uh, well, I've never had that uh, experience to have that present good. itself on me, but that that is very good to know. But you're right. You know, it's 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 more than just the actual food that you're allergic to. You you need to dive so much deeper than that. With you know, there's cross reactivity issues, and then of course, you know, dining out. It's um, being mindful of of cross contact or cross contamination when you know another food or uh, a fork or you know using the same. Um, pan or or dish you know allergen touching your food can all of a sudden you know trace amounts is all it takes for you to have a severe reaction so there's there's so much to think about and that's you know with back back to these cards that i've been spending so much time researching you know these are the things that i love love research because the food allergy community were telling me like what i was asking them what do you ideally want to communicate 
um, about your food allergies because there's so much to say. And, you know, just to pare it all down to not only just that they have an allergy, uh, that small amounts would do it, examples of foods that would actually contain those um, allergens, and then a statement about being mindful of cross-contact. So, you know, it's a, it's a lot jam-packed on the cards, but this is the reality of, of our community, that we have a lot to say just to, to ensure our safety. Yeah, no, I, I it's um it's a joy to start to get to know you. I've been I've been wanting to have this call for probably a couple of years now actually and just have not been focused on food allergies exactly. Um been doing, you know, other things. I feel like I'm I've I feel like I live and breathe food allergies. So um yeah. as much as as much as I can do sometimes to to help other people, but it's usually in the form of articles, not podcasts, and I think I think I probably need to do as much as more that I can do with like our Zoom calls or these podcasts to just keep raising awareness because I'm seeing another round needed um, beyond what, you know, kind of like what you are, what I've already done. And you feel, do you ever feel like sometimes you can't reach enough people fast enough even or yep. something? It feels like yep. it's just, yeah, you feel like you're one person. I, There's I, so much to do. Uh, yeah, I always feel frustrated. I can't reach the people that need to be reached the most. The, well, you know, the, the the people that don't, you know, don't get it, the people that don't want to learn, like they're a very hard group to reach. Um, you know, the allergy community, they're tuned in and they're amazing and they get it. But it's, you know, dealing with the other parents that give backlash and all of that where they're harder to reach. And I, I that keeps me up at night. How do I get the awareness out there further? Yeah. Yeah. And I think my focus has never been so much on the children, but maybe like the, the teens on up at my, my, I think I've probably touched more lives in the, in the sense of percolate from people, adults with food allergies and so forth. So it's been really nice to um, connect with you to talk a little bit more about kids and so forth. And I think we have, do you, we think, I think we have fact in common as well. Do you still uh, help with fact? I do. Yeah, I was at their teen summit uh, in October. What a, a fantastic event! It's a great organization. I was I was just talking to them last week, actually. Good. Yeah. yeah and, she and just fact, endorsed my new book. Or, yeah. Go ahead. Food allergy and anaphylaxis, anaphylaxis connection team, and uh, it's it's a group in the U.S. that does amazing things, um, programs, services. So uh, for anyone listening, I definitely would recommend to check them out if you're looking for support or more more information about food allergy. Yeah. Um, so um, is there anything that we really just, you know, again, this is sort of like one of those starter phone calls. I feel from here we can collaborate on so much more. But is there anything yeah. in it, just a starter call um, to that we haven't covered about you that you want to talk about before we go? Because we only have a few minutes sure. left. Sure. Sure. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll just touch base on my current situation, which has just been um, a gut punch <laughs> to, to put it lightly uh, because, you know, for me, I, my passion obviously is food allergy and um, the last, the last few years of running allergy translation um, I've, I've known that there's something more here that these cards can help more people. So I actually went back to school last year, I did a master's degree, and I just loved it. It was a great program on entrepreneurship and innovation management. And I decided um, to to really put all of my eggs in one basket of, of just trying to work on this company, Allergy Translation, to, to do the design thinking and really make sure that the research can and process can drive the next iteration of this, these cards and company. 
And uh, that's uh, I was very excited for this April because I was about to relaunch as uh, Equal Eats and uh, new cards, new everything, and really with a new social impact mission to to help everybody get an equal seat at the table, no matter what the dietary restriction they have. And of course, mid-April is, uh, is, is comes and goes and no one's traveling. And I did not launch my business, relaunch my business because it's just horrible timing. Um, so for me, it's, it's just been an interesting um, road lately. And it's actually kind of, for me, I'm looking at it as a blessing in disguise because I don't think I ever would have had the time to really um, dig deeper right now of, of, of how to relaunch a site, all the things that you need to cover. And it's also uh, spawned a new idea where it's not just translation cards that I want out there because it's one thing to communicate in Spanish when you're traveling, but a lot of people just speaking uh, their own language at their own normal uh, restaurants around the block um, in English, you know, there's a lot of improvement that can be done just in terms of our own communication um, dining out at home uh, domestically. So um, when it does launch in the next few weeks, all English cards, every single English card will be completely free. So people can go on, create their own card and just have something in their wallet that um, they can make sure that their message is getting across clearly in any food service setting. Yeah, and I would add a component, just kind of sort of thinking out loud with you now that I kind of hear yeah. some of your goals and dreams and things like that, um, and maybe we could work on something together and um, uh, offline, but, you know, there's a whole added, um, I think, need once, you know, again, in a different environment with restaurants a little more open and things like that, but, you know, for just general food safety and having somebody like you or me come into a kitchen and sort of evaluate it from a food allergy standpoint I think would be also needed and brilliant. I'm not seeing that. Um, I think people kind of do do their best guess of what the food allergy community needs in some cases, and it could be tightened up a little bit. And then I also think that um, I don't think I would trust my own life um, just simply handing a card to somebody and counting on them to sort of read it. Um, and so I – I've been wanting to, my husband keeps saying to me, you need to tape that. You need to tape that so that people can hear what you say when we're out for dinner um, and, yeah. and so forth. And because I, I have a speech I almost go through with people to say, you know, hey, this, 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 and here's what I need and blah, 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 yeah. so that people engage me in the eye and take me very seriously. And then I'll hand them a card so that that can go in with the order okay. or whatever. Um, so maybe we could do something like that and work on it. I definitely can't help you with – I only speak English and a little bit of French, so I can't help with the huh? translation part. But, um, well, you know, there's lots of people that would probably, sh hearing what you're doing, show up to help you. I mean, I've got friends that have master's degrees in different languages, and they're teachers. Um, Wonderful. So you, it could be oh, almost the, like teaching uh, people. Well, you're absolutely right. Like these cards only solve one half of the problem. And the problem of, you know, communicating your dietary restriction effectively. The other half of the problem is the food service industry actually, you know, caring and, and knowing what that message means and to create the food accordingly. So there, the other half of the problem needs to be solved way better than it currently is. And there's a lot of opportunities yeah. there. So, yes, uh, happy to, to keep collaborating and uh, looking forward cool. to, to chatting further about it. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, and you know, I think about it just in terms of the pizza. You know, if you're, if you're at a pizza place and they have clam sauce on the menu for another type of pizza, you're instantly at risk. If somebody takes the, the pizza cutter through the clam pizza first and then through your pepperoni one, in my, you know, I'm going to go into anaphylactic shock from that. It's that type of stuff that I just don't think absolutely. people go to and to and, and think about things like that because a lot of, there's a mm-hmm. lot of like, you know, just there's a lot of cross-contamination stuff, and I, and I just like to kind of simplify it down to like that one example, and people go, oh, I get it, yeah. <laughs> so um, yep. anyway, yeah, no, it's it's a joy to finally chat with you, and I hope we can do more, and I hope we'll come back on the show again, and um, we can break all the things down that you do into individual shows, even, and talk specifically um, about things. I'd love to do that with you. If you want to come back. I would love to come back. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, thanks for all that you do. It's it's amazing to see how uh, how driven you are um, in all the different inspiring fields and especially food allergy. But uh, yeah, thank you. Well, that's that's very kind of you to say, but I think the thank you belongs to you right now um, for, for all that you do to help all the kids and the communities and the adults and, and everybody grow up and stay, I would say, stay alive and thrive with food allergies. Um, and kudos to you for um, taking that moment. Um, that's that's a really good story right there, taking that moment in your early 20s to take it seriously and do all that you're doing right now. It's like totally pain into purpose, and I feel your pain completely. I know it. I, yeah. I can empathize, sympathize, <laughs> everything. I, I know what you've been through, um, and yeah. I, I get it completely. And I, I wished for so long that somebody knew what I meant, like what I'd been through, yeah. like an understanding, you know, somebody with the exact same food allergies I, I have yeah. even. And um, it's, it's interesting to meet you. So um, stay well, stay healthy. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and right now, like this, this time that we're in right now, it, it gives everybody a pause to, to pivot oh, yeah. and, to you know, think of, of purpose and things that uh, for their own future were, We've never had a, a giant society-wide pause before. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see where we all come on the other side of this. So, um, yeah, well, you know, thanks again for, for having me. And um, we'd love to, to connect again in the future. All right. Um, thank you, Kyle Dine. And thank you all so much for listening to the Best Ever You show. Just a reminder, um, you can visit, hopefully this was good audio. If Kyle and I listen back and think we need to retape this, we will. Don't worry. Uh, hopefully this came through okay and you can understand us well. well. We'll see on the other side here when we listen back. Um, we do go into replay mode and download mode everywhere, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, you can download the show after it's aired live. Um, if you're on a site and you don't see our podcast there, the Best Ever You Show, let me know, and we can we can probably do something to be there. Um, just a quick mention again, Kyle's websites are kyledine.com, and then right now it's allergytranslation.com. I, I'm hearing that maybe changing into other things, um, so we'll keep a real close eye on um, what Kyle does with that because that's a really great um, needed idea for all of us, even traveling around for work. Um, I I can't tell you how many times I personally have wished for something like that and not done a business trip because I didn't know if I was going to be safe or not eating 
while I'm trying to work. And so I have canceled overseas trips and things like that before. So I'm so glad this exists. And um, I hope a lot of people get behind you, Kyle, for that, because that's just a great one. And I like what you're saying, too, um, just to recap also about, you know, dining out in our in our own country, you know, the United States, and getting that uh, message across, too. So awesome information. Keep staying alive and thriving um, with food allergies. And then aside from that, also, please stay safe and well um, with everything that's going on right now uh, worldwide. So thank you so much for listening to the Best Ever You Show. Thanks again to our guests, and um, have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Best Ever You Show. Want more? Visit us at besteveryou.com. Be your best and keep it real. Confident, successful, caring, and beautiful every day with Best Ever You.